This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome to another edition of the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, and I'm really proud to be working with the folks at Primal Tree Stands on this podcast. You know, Bob Ransom, the guy uh, behind Primal Tree Stands, has been in the outdoor industry for a long, long time, and he's very well connected. He has a lot of friends who are players in the outdoor industry, and this time around, another one of those folks, his name is Todd Stittleberg. Todd is the guy who started Antler King. Now, you know Antler King as the leader in wildlife nutrition, but you might not know the story behind it and where they have evolved. So to help us out with that, Todd is here with us on the Primal Podcast. Todd, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you for uh, having me on today. Oh, listen, it's a real pleasure. If if I remember right, when you started the company, which was what, the late 80s, it was with a um, a supplement, right? A whitetail supplement, a mineral. Yeah, the, yep, exactly right. The very first product I ever developed was a product called uh, that we called Trophy Deer Mineral, and um, I had a significant background as an animal nutritionist, uh, focusing primarily on ruminants, which deer are ruminants, and worked for uh, one of the largest feed companies in the world for a number of years. And so I just saw that what a difference it made if we fed dairy cattle correctly, the amount of milk that they could produce, and, and yet they'd still be so healthy. And, um, growing up on a farm myself, uh, I grew up hunting and, you know, kind of took a look at at the stress 
and the nutrition that was involved for bucks to grow antlers each and every year. And so I started doing a bunch of research on on deer and elk um, and found that there were some universities that actually were doing trials and doing research back as early as the 1950s on deer and elk. And so I uh, got a hold of that, of uh, some of the, the research work that they had done and formulated that Trophy Deer Mineral product. And that still is one of the best-selling products today, about 35 years later, uh, in our, our in the Antler King arsenal, if you will. Mm. And, and Todd, was the intent at the time, were you thinking for captive herds, high fence operation, or were you thinking free-range animals? Uh, certainly both, but back in the day, if you can think back 35 years ago, there really wasn't much going on for deer management. And, um, you know, people that were raising deer in a high fence environment, they certainly were, were feeding uh, them a diet. Um, if not feeding them, they were certainly open to offering them a, a free choice mineral supplement. But so that's probably where I started, but then that morphed into people that owned land or leased land that wanted to try to make a difference uh, in a positive way with their with their free-ranging deer. And this whole comment of manipulating your local deer herd for the better has, has blown up. I mean, it, it, it's one of the hottest topics in the outdoors these days. It is. It, it certainly is. I can remember going to some deer shows and... <laughs> Uh, talking to sporting goods stores, the owners of those stores 35 years ago and explaining, you know, why it's beneficial to offer deer uh, a supplement and so on. And many times you were met with kind of a glassy eyed look and, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure that a number of people thought I was pretty crazy that many years ago, but <laughs> you know, you look back the way, the way the popularity of, um, deer management and food plots and supplementing deer has taken off um, probably probably really started growing about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And now today, um, if you don't plant a food plot, you're kind of looked at as, uh, why aren't you? you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Here in my home state of, of Michigan, I, I understand why, say, an area like the UP that doesn't have a lot of agricultural areas and the so- and the soil's not that good that you would want to you would want to help the whitetails out with supplements and food plots and etc. But why in the southern part of the state when they're when they're surrounded by farm fields they're living in areas that have good healthy soil what's the advantage in an area like that or say out in Iowa some place that's just perfect for growing cattle and crops. Yeah. So uh, some of the research that I looked at many years ago was was exactly that. I mean, the researchers were looking at deer, once again, in a captive environment, but they would uh, take a group of deer and just allow them to um, try to grow the antlers that they could grow without doing any supplementing. And then in some cases, they would supplement with just a mineral supplement. In In other cases, they would supplement with a 16 or 18% protein diet during the antler growing season. And so anytime the conclusion really was that it's very hard for deer living in even 
a very, very fertile soil environment like Iowa or Illinois, for them to obtain all of the nutrients they need for uh, their genetic maximum potential. So that anytime we did supplement deer, there was a, a definite positive response. This is the Primal Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Tree Stands, their blinds, and all the accessories, check out the website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. We're talking with Todd Stittleberg. He's the guy who started Antler King. The website for Antler King is antlerking.com. That's antlerking.com. So, Todd, obviously, you know, we can, we can manipulate uh, nutrition, uh, but what role do genetics and age also play in this whole picture of growing the biggest possible bucks we can? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, it, it's, we, we can manipulate age and nutrition by allowing those yearling bucks and two-year-olds and three-year-olds and possibly four-year-olds walk. Um, you know, it's um, genetics, pretty hard for us to manipulate genetics in in the outdoors and free-ranging deer. It really, really is. Um, but certainly we can influence, as I mentioned, the age and the nutrition. Nutrition by um, supplementing simply with a, a good, solid mineral supplement, you're going to see a difference, a positive difference in the quality of, of the whole deer herd uh, because you're going to influence the does also. They need a significant amount of mineral each and every day, especially when they're nursing. And the fawns need a significant amount of minerals and vitamins as they're growing a skeletal system. So we can influence the nutrition. We can take it a step further and plant food plots with a focus on spring food plots that are going to be high in digestible protein and energy to uh, maximize antler growth and maximize milk production, uh, maximize skeletal production for for the fawns. And then we can also focus on fall and winter food plot uh, sources that are going to provide more energy um, through those tough winter months. I do want to talk more about food plots here in a minute, but first I'm interested, how long were you in the mineral and supplement business before you moved out into food plots, Todd? Um, Probably focused just on feed-related supplement products for about five to seven years and then uh, then started developing different food plot species. And that, again, is a topic that is just uh, huge in the whitetail world these days. It is. Todd, there are so many different uh, food plot seed companies out there these days. How do we, the average hunter, the weekend warrior, as far as you know, putting in a food plot, how do we know if we're getting the best mix, and how do we know what company to go to? Because I, I believe that with as many companies on the market as there are, that they're not all going to be top-quality products. No, you're, you're exactly right. I think it's important that you look at longevity, um, and, and that's really the case with any company. You know, whether we're selling food plot seed or selling – uh, used cars, if you've been in the business for 35 years and you're still growing and you're still um, being successful, I think that track record in itself is huge. Um, if, if you don't have quality products and you don't offer quality service, that's going to catch up with you and eventually you know, you're going to lose market share and, and eventually probably uh, the business will go under. So um, 
I think it's important to have that longevity. I think it's important to um, know the people that you're dealing with. Um, I didn't just one day go out in my garage and say, okay, I'm going to put together a deer mineral and so on. I had a, uh, a very significant nutritional background, as I mentioned before, especially in ruminant animals. Um, in fact, it, just as an aside, a little story I can I was at a deer show many years ago, and a fellow came up, and he said, well, I, I make my own deer mineral. I said, oh, okay, that's good. Well, what do you put in it? Well, I put in calcium carbonate and, and salt and so on and so forth. And I said, well, do you, you know, have you done any research on deer nutrition? No, but, but I think, you know, the deer really eat this, so it's got to be good. And I said, well, do you have a dog at home? And he looked at me and, well, yeah, I got two dogs. I said, well, do you make your own dog food? Well, no, of course not. I said, well, you probably know about as much about a much as much about dog nutrition as you do deer nutrition, <laughs> you know. And and he kind of laughed and so on. And I said, you know, it's it's really important in the case of minerals. Um, calcium and phosphorus are very important for antler growth and bone growth. Well, before any calcium and or phosphorus can be utilized by a deer, there has to be a a, a certain amount of vitamin A in their diet. So I always tell people these things work together like spokes on a wheel. If you take a spoke out of that wheel, that wheel's going to wobble and, and so on. So it's important to offer a high-quality, highly researched product, whether it's a mineral supplement, a feed supplement, or a food plot product. And I got to tell you, Todd, to a guy like me, this can be overwhelming. You're talking minerals, you're talking supplements, you're talking food plots, we're talking annuals, we're talking perennials, we're talking different types of food plots. It it really is. There's a lot of information out there for us to try to 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 absorb. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that we've done over the years is we've we have a YouTube channel for Antler King, and I've. I've done a number of videos anywhere from, you know, 30 seconds to two to three minutes on this, that, or, or the other thing, how to plant a food plot, why to plant annuals, why to plant perennials, when, uh, when to plant, where to plant, and so on and so forth. So that there's really a, um, a good bit of uh, knowledge there if any of your listeners want to, to uh, try to obtain more knowledge on deer management. Well, and and I will send people to the website, uh, antlerking.com. That's antlerking.com, or go to their uh, YouTube channel. Todd, it's a good time for us to take a little bit of a break here on the uh, Primal Tree Stands podcast, because when we come back, I want to talk about the, specific, the uh, specifics of food plots. But first, a reminder, this is the Primal Podcast. If you want to learn more about Primal Tree Stands, check out their website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. If you want to learn more about Todd Stittleberg and Antler King, go to their website, antlerking.com. We will take a quick break and be right back. Do you want to save money on great hunting gear? Head to the Primal Tree Stands website and use my promo code Avery. You know I love that Primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blind, and their new Breeze blind is a great option too. For tree stand hunters, check out the snap sticks, rip rails, or grip stick climbing sticks. And to make your time in the stand as safe as possible, take a look at the descender. That slowly lowers you to the ground in case of a fall. All of these products and more are available on Primal Tree Stands. 
AvoidingTheBigBrandsCans.com. Just use the promo code Avery at checkout and get a great discount, including my favorite, the Wraith See-Through Blind for less than $200. That's right, one of the most popular see-through ground blinds on the market at a price you can't beat anywhere. Again, go to PrimalTreeStands.com and use the promo code Avery to get big discounts on everything on the website, including that Wraith ground blind for less than $200. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, talking with Todd Stittleberg, the guy who started Antler King, their website, antlerking.com, antlerking.com. Todd started with, uh, with minerals, supplements, to uh, grow the, the the strongest, healthiest whitetail herd that he could, the biggest bucks that he could. He uh, later evolved into food plots and much more. So, Todd, let's talk about food plots. It, it is that time of year across much of the country to get started on this. What are the basics, and, and how do, from scratch, how do we get started putting in food plots? Well, I think, first of all, we suggest that you ought to have somewhere between 5 and 10% of your property in food plots. So if you've got a 100-acre lease, your goal should be somewhere between 5 to 10 acres total of food plots, not necessarily a 5-acre plot or a 10-acre plot, but maybe a half acre here and an acre over there and, and so on and so forth. And, and that's hard. Don't get me wrong. That's, many times that's pretty hard for people to um, plant that many acres Maybe that maybe they're dealing with you know just a hundred acres of timber and they really don't have any openings. Um, in that type type of a situation, I'll encourage people to plant their logging roads with a perennial clover, for example, because if you have a twelve foot wide logging road that's a mile long, that adds up pretty quickly, and and that in itself could be a food plot. But having said that, the goal would be. To to plant between five to ten percent, because we know through researching deer that um, if you are under that amount, there's probably going to come a time when you're going to run out of food on your property, and the deer are no different than you and I. If uh, you know, if, if we open up the refrigerator for lunch and there's no food in there, we're going to make a move. We're going to go somewhere. And so, um, my goal when I work with property that I have or with landowners is I never want to give a deer a reason to leave my property. And we know that if we have food, cover, and water, that's really providing them what they need. So, um, you know, as far as how to get started, I think there is a number of of good instructional videos, um, for example, like on our YouTube channel or uh, other areas. We we have uh, established food plots without equipment um, in cases where there's maybe a smaller opening in the, in the woods. Um, you could go in with a backpack sprayer with a weed killer and kill the existing weeds and come back four, five, six days later with like a uh, clover blend and broadcast that clover mix in those dead weeds. And as the weeds die, fall back down to the ground, they kind of form a moist mulch. And once we get a rain, that rain will work the seed into the soil, and voila, without any equipment, you can establish a pretty doggone nice food plot. 
you talked a little bit about the size of the plots. This, and this may be a stupid question. Please forgive me. But does does the shape of a food plot matter? Do we want it irregular? I mean, oblong, oval, rectangular? Is that even a, a factor? Yeah, it really is. Um, I think uh, what I have found is that the more edge that you create and the more, uh, I don't like the word diversity, but it truly is important to have that odd-shaped, uh, as many edges, corners, and so on as possible, if we're going to hunt, use that plot as a hunt plot. If it's going to be mainly a plot that we're just going to say, hey, this is, this is going to be a food plot that is going to provide the, the nutrition for my deer herd, um, then it's not really that important to have the, the shapes, the edges, the corners, the points that are coming out into the plot. Um, but certainly if we're going to hunt it, the, the more irregularity is better. You you said something that just finally clicked with me, that all food plots are not equal and all food plots are not for the same purpose. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I focus on, uh, here we're going to talk about percentages, but let's say let's say that you can plant 10 acres of food plots. About 50 to 60 percent ought to be planted in perennial um, spring, f- spring and summer and early fall food sources. So clover, let's talk. clover is, is so very, very popular, and, and that would be a great um, perennial clover plot to try to focus on about 50 to 60 percent of your property in that young, highly high in protein uh, clover blend that's going to offer the, the whole deer herd the protein and digestible energy they need spring, summer, and fall for antler growth, for fawn growth, um, and so on. But the remaining 40 to 50% ought to be in um, fall and winter food sources because we need to, we, we need to think beyond um, just six to eight months of the, of the year and, and trying to provide food for our deer for six to eight months. We need to be focused on 24, 7, 365. And so then we would want to start looking at um, possibly some, possibly corn, possibly soybean. Um, Brassica species are more thought of as fall and winter food sources. Um, Rye, uh, cereal rye, oats, um, those would be more fall and and winter type uh, species also. Even if you establish some good quality plots in the percentages you talked about, the types of crops you talked about, the types of food you talked about, are you still looking to use minerals and supplements as well? Absolutely, yes. Yep. Where Wherever legal to utilize a mineral supplement, definitely do it. And if you're on a budget, um, just supplementing minerals alone will make a significant positive difference in your deer herd and it's not going to take a lot out of your pocketbook um the next step i would say would be to try to be planting some food plots but mineral supplementation by itself is definitely a positive thing and it's pretty inexpensive i want to go right back to the beginning again and please forgive me for being so basic on this but there will be people listening to this who are not not nearly at the level of you and many of the other folks listening but soil testing. I hear that that is so important. Why is it critical to find out what your soil is like before you get started, Todd? Well, that's a great point, Mike. So what I look for 
in a soil test, first and foremost, is the pH level of the soil. So the pH level is really the environment that the plants that you want to plant have to live in. Okay, so generally the pH will range from about a 5 or even 4.5, which is considered acidic, to basic, which would be 7.0. So there's a couple really huge reasons that we want to check that pH first. Number one is if your pH is, let's just say, at a 5, and you plant alfalfa or you plant a number of species, including many clovers, those seeds cannot germinate and grow and flourish in that low of a pH. They're just, they just cannot live in that environment, if you will. So you need to increase the pH as close as possible to a 7, which is considered neutral, um, in order to provide the plants the environment that they need to live in. The other thing about uh, pH is, is this, is that if you put down 100 pounds of lime per acre on a food plot and you don't correct your pH and it's at a 5.5, for example, about 60% of that fertilizer cannot be utilized by the plant. Simply, simply put, you just wasted a lot of money, especially with today's fertilizer prices. So the very first thing you want to find out is what is your pH? And if you're, if you're planning on planting food plots in an area where you see a lot of pine trees, blueberry bushes, ferns, I can guarantee you that you're, got a, you're starting out there with a very low pH, maybe 4.5 to 5.5. And so you know you're going to need to add lime in order to bring that pH up to uh, a respectable level. I know this is going to vary across the country, but as we are recording this primal podcast just before Memorial Weekend, what's our window of opportunity? Are we in food plot planting season, if there is such a thing, right now? Well, we, we really are, especially in the upper Midwest and Northeast. Um, the, the challenge that we're starting to get into right now is that if we want to plant uh, clovers or alfalfas right now, those plants really like to get started when it's cool and when it's got when the soil has plenty of moisture in it. So, and what I'm so I, what I'm getting at is that if we wait till the middle of June to plant our clovers or alfalfas, which are our perennial species, and we run into a hot, dry spell, there's a good chance those plants may they probably will germinate but the hot hot temps and low precipitation will ultimately kill them. So for, the, for our spring planting, um, we still have time, but the, the window is starting to close. We can see that. So don't drag your feet. Don't drag your feet is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, for sure. Since this is the Primal Podcast, I've got to ask you about your relationship with well, with Primal and, and specifically uh, Bob Ransom, because Bob said you you were the guy we should talk to this month. Uh, what, what's the story behind all that? Boy, Bob and I got into the industry about the same time. And I guess after each of us seeing each other, our faces at uh, 
deer shows 35 years ago. We just we got together and and had a beer and and got along well, and so we've I guess kind of stayed in touch all the all those years. And uh, I've used Bob's products for a number of years. Um, continue to to use his new innovations with the Primal Company, and um, yeah, I guess that, I guess that's kind of it. It it is um, our industry. I'll say our the outdoor industry is kind of interesting because. I think people who aren't in it have this perception that it's much bigger than what it actually is. In reality, it's a lot of companies that started as small family-owned entrepreneurs, and some of you guys worked hard enough and were smart enough and maybe lucky enough that you that you made it. But but it's still kind of a small group, isn't it? It really is. You're you're exactly right. I think for people that are not in the industry and they're just crazy, crazy avid hunters, they look at it and they think that it is a huge industry and, and it is not by any means. There's literally a handful of companies that have been all been around for over 30 years. And, um, you know, um, and, and there's a number of, of smaller companies that have been around for five years or less, but overall, um, there are not that many people employed in the hunting industry. But for a guy like you, who obviously loves what you're doing, what a great spot to be in to, to make a career and build such a, uh, such a successful company out of something you have a passion for. That, that is, it is so trite. I mean, God has richly blessed uh, myself and my family. And, um, you know, we, we have worked very, very hard over the years. And I guess the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, we, we're very, very fortunate um, to wake up each and every day and be in an industry that is just fun, just absolute fun. Well, Todd, I'm going to take your advice. I've got a, I've got some lease property that I've been kind of dragging my feet on getting out there and getting the food plots in. I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to get at it. So I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate your kick in the rear end on that one. <laughs> well, good for you. If I, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Todd, I appreciate that. Todd Stittleberg of Antler King, the uh, website antlerking.com, antlerking.com. He has been our guest this time on the Primal Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Tree Stands and the Ground Blinds and all of their other accessories, check out their website, primaltreestands.com. That's primaltreestands.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Primal Podcast. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.